Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I am Anthony, and that intro is hard to do when you're knocked up on Novocaine. I am Julia. <laughs> I'm Nat, and I'm back. You're Yay! back! I'm back! It has been way too long. How have you been? I've been good. Can you believe it's freaking April? Like no. we haven't talked no. since Christmas, I don't think. So that's crazy. It's crazy. It was here's flying by four four months late, but how was your Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was good. I feel like I had such a busy season leading up to Christmas. So when Christmas finally got here, it was just like, all right, breathe for a second, see family, and then back at it. So not long enough, of course. It never is. I mean, the published Christmas children's author here, you know? Man, yeah, that was my whole busy season. I don't know that I'll do that again this year. It was a lot. <laughs> you know what, though? It was awesome following your journey on social media. Oh, thank you. You know, and Easter is the Sunday. What are you doing for Easter? Easter, I mean, last weekend I helped out with some Easter egg hunts, and it was real cold. Um, so Sunday... I think I'm just hanging out at a couple different families' houses and eating lots and lots of food. What about you guys? Nice. Yeah, so sounds like my plans. Except everybody's coming to our house. There's still be lots of food. <laughs> We're just going out for brunch. Ooh, that sounds fun. <clears throat> I love brunch. Mm -hmm. Mom, does, Mom doesn't feel like cooking and, you know, older relatives are sadly passing on. There are less people around and it's not like Thanksgiving and Christmas where everyone comes home for Easter. So just a few mm -hmm. handful of relatives. We're just going out for brunch. Brunch makes so. me feel fancy. Mm -hmm. Easter mimosas sound great. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Well, the day before Easter, I'm going out with some friends to a, a brewery. Brewery. <laughs> uh, um, it's their Easter. They'll have live music for Easter and the Easter bunny for people who bring their kids and stuff. So I'm excited to drink and get a picture with the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a different picture if you hit it right in your drinking cycle. That's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let's make it an Easter to remember. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we're not talking Easter tonight. We are talking Christmas. Specifically... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the movie from 1998. Uh, quick plot synopsis. It's up to Santa's most famous reindeer to save the day when an evil queen conjures up a storm on Christmas. Short, sweet, and to the point. 
so Natalie, you picked this film. So why don't you give your history with this film and talk about why you picked this one to cover for us? Sure. So my history is kind of funny. So I actually forgot this film existed. Um, it came out when I was about five. And I remember my brother and I watching it. It was definitely a part of like my childhood Christmas canon of movies. Um, but I think it got donated over the years. Like it got taken out. The VHS oh. was donated. Um, and then anytime I hear one of the songs from it, which is Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney, when that plays, like I go to this nostalgic place and I'm like, okay, I know this song is in a movie that I loved as a kid. And so this past Christmas, I was talking with my brother and I'm like, okay, what movie is this song from? I've got to figure it out. And so we were looking it up and we're like, oh yeah, it's this Rudolph version. And then I found the whole thing on YouTube and I was so happy and it's definitely not as great as I remember, but it has a lot of nostalgia for me. Now remind us, are you a fan of the original Rankin Bass Rudolph? I am. Yeah, it's also been a very long time since I've seen that one, but no, I am. Okay. Uh, Julia, remind, first, remind listeners what you think of the famous Rankin-Bass Rudolph, and then give your history with this film. I'm not what you would call a Rankin-Bass fan. Um, it did. I did not grow up with it, so I have no nostalgia for it, and it always, I don't know, it's fine, but that's about as positive I get <laughs> positive as I get on Rankin Bass I just remember Rankin Bass Rudolph those dang reindeer were just mean so mean so mean oh um, Santa Santa was so cute in that one though <laughs> he was adorable and precious and also mean in that one um okay so this I didn't know this existed um so this was the first time watching it um I definitely felt the 90s nostalgia, even though I have absolutely no history with this at all. Um, didn't love it. Liked it more than Rankin-Bass, um, than the original Rankin-Bass Rudolph. Um, but that's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> so. Anthony, what's your history? Well, first of all, I'm the Rankin-Bass guy on this podcast. I love the original Rudolph. Um, I saw this one in theaters in 1998 when it came out oh and i think i liked it at the time because i remember owning it on vhs too afterwards so we had it so i assumed me and my sister liked it i haven't seen it in <laughs> in years uh so when natalie suggested this one when i was like hey come on the show it's been so long pick a movie and she's picked this one i was excited to revisit it and the thing that, you know, we'll get into how I feel about it. But the thing that struck me the most about it was how made for TV it looked, considering this was a theatrical film. And then doing some history, I realized this company only put out straight to VHS movies. And this one was green. This was their first and only theatrical release ever. And it was greenlit for theaters after they made it for home video because they got the rights to use Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time. So literally that only reason is why I went to theaters and then they redubbed the lesser known cast with famous actors to try to give it some, you know, heft. 
So, oh my gosh. Yeah. What an odd life cycle. <laughs> um, how much money do you think they spent to get rights to use that song in this movie? Well, the whole budget was only $10 million, so less than $10 million. So $9.5 million. <laughs> I have a feeling Paul McCartney didn't give stuff up for cheap. No, I have no clue. But yeah, this is a musical. It has a bunch of songs in it. Right off the bat, what did y'all think of the music? Mm, not my favorite. <laughs> it's not very memorable like i didn't know away remembering anything but i mean but paul mccartney but i knew that prior to this so i mean it's no Rankin bass music i'll say that (laughs) that's true that's true (laughs) i also have very strong feelings about a song in a movie about hating santa claus right which like i get I guess why they did it, she would logically hate Santa Claus. But could you imagine if your kids, like, that's the thing that got stuck in their head and they were walking around talking about how much they hate Santa Claus? Like, yeah. That's the choice. I thought that song was also, like, one of the most catchy ones out of, out of yeah. them. I was like, oh, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> so the music was done by Al Kasha and Michael Lloyd and Johnny Marks. And Johnny Marks is the American songwriter who wrote, I mean, all the classic carols you hear in this are from him. This film was directed by William R. Kowalczyk and written by Michael Ashner. Neither of them have a clickable Wikipedia link, which tells you how famous they are. Uh, But it does have a surprisingly uh, famous cast for the most part. So John Goodman play Santa Claus. We have covered John Goodman on the show before, but he, I mean, he's played Santa Claus a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's played Frosty in some weird sequels, made for TV sequels years after the original. So Christmas legend. Natalie, are you a fan of John Goodman in general, like Roseanne and everything like that? Um, I feel like I'm a fan of him when it's his voice, but not him actually acting. But I thought he did a really, really good Santa voice. He does do a good Santa voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually, we'll see him as Santa in live action when we cover the made-for-TV remake of the year without a Santa. Why do they keep remaking Rankin Bass stuff? <laughs> <laughs> that one had Michael McKean as Snow Miser and Harvey Firestein as Heat Miser. That was a doozy, that one. Uh, <laughs> Libby Goldberg plays Stormella, the Christmas winter witch. I think this is a first... No, we've covered her in one of the Muppets Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. But Whoopi Goldberg, I love Whoopi Goldberg, specifically from Sister Act. Same. She was great in Ghost, too. I didn't recognize her voice in this. For some reason, that did not sound like her to me. But maybe I just haven't watched enough of her stuff lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Christmas legend, Bob Newhart, plays Leonard the Polar Bear. No introduction needed for Papa the Elf here. <laughs> I didn't recognize his voice as the polar bear. <laughs> I was expecting to hear um, Professor Proton, right? Like old Bob Newhart, I think is probably what it was. And mm-hmm. it's like a 
Bob Newhart doing a voice of a polar bear, not just Bob Newhart doing his Bob Newhart voice as any character, which is a thing he does because his voice is very recognizable, right? That yeah. dry, like a turtle. <laughs> like he would voice a turtle very well. But <laughs> anyway, he's actually doing a voice as the polar bear in this one. And that was a little upsetting to me, but that's okay. He's, he, he is dead now, right? Mm-hmm. He is. Yes. I always I so always funny, forget. I stumble I, on that too because I'm like <laughs> Professor Proton died, but did he die? Yeah, but then I think they wrote that into the show and so I don't know. Well, no, because he appeared as a ghost after he died. So yeah. Right. Whatever. He's a forced ghost on the show. <laughs> but I think he did actually pass away recently. Another famous actress we have here, Debbie Reynolds plays does a few voices. She voices Mitzi, Rudolph's mom, Mrs. Claus, Mrs. Prancer, and the school teacher. Uh, I love Debbie Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Simmons. Voice. Richard Simmons voices Boone the Elf. Eric Idle voices Slyly the Arctic Fox. Very creative name. Uh, are we <laughs> Eric Idle fans on this show? I mean, I love Monty Python. So, yeah. Bob Newhart is still alive. <gasps> still alive. He's, still 90, he's 93. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Natalie Bickle comes in with the good news here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Glad to know he's reached an age where this conversation probably happens like on a regular basis. Like, <laughs> is he still alive? Yeah, we can't feel bad. It's Indeed. fine. That's right. He made it. Natalie, are you an Eric Idle fan? I don't even know who that is. I remember him from Casper. He was the evil guy, right? Who was married to the evil woman who was trying to steal the fortune under the house. So I knew him for Was he really? Mm-hmm. Wait, was this the live action Casper with Hilary Duff? With Christina Ricci. Hilary Duff was in the Made for TV sequel. Casper okay. meets Wendy, which I loved. I love I that love one. I love that movie. <laughs> That's the only Casper movie no. I know. <laughs> you never saw the original Casper? No, I haven't. Oh man, we got to get you on around Halloween to watch it. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. I think my my mom was pretty strict on what I watched as a kid, so I think ghosts were a no no. <laughs> like Julia here Same too. In my house. Yeah. Same in my house. Yep. Whereas my parents Except were like that one though. It's good. <laughs> My parents were like, "Ah, hey, you're in fifth grade. You can watch Scream if you're old. If you think you can handle it." <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> if you think you can handle it? <laughs> I I couldn't. I was later. about to say, like the only you only way you figure out you can't handle a thing is by not handling it because you've done it, and then you they have to deal with the consequences. And what parent wants to do that? I told you, I got through that opening scene with Drew Barrymore, and then I noped out of there for a year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after I'd always. Thanked my parents to buy me the box set of the whole VHS of oh the my whole <laughs> Um Let's see. Okay, so Kathleen Barr does the voice of Rudolph. She's done voices in Ed, Ed, and Eddie, My Little Pony, Hot Wheels, Dragon Tales. So she's a voice actor. Tales. Yeah, Wheezy. She did the voice of Wheezy. I remember Dragon Tales. Um, but 
I would not be able to recognize her in anything. So nope. I think that's pretty much our cast. Uh, Gary Chalk plays Blitzen, Rudolph's dad. He played, you know, Optimus Prime in a bunch of the Transformers movies. Hmm. I mean, there's good voice acting in it. Yes. Okay, before we even dive into the actual plot here, what did we think of the design of the characters? Because I could not get past the hair on all the reindeer. The reindeer are my favorite. I think they're the coolest reindeer ever. Like, Blitzen <laughs> has like lightning bolts like on his face like mm-hmm. in his fur and then cupid has a heart on his forehead mm-hmm. it's nice that you can tell them apart because typically you can't you know there's a bunch true. of reindeer with names so that's probably why they did it the whole Oof. hair on an animal thing especially like like the 90s hair like the bangs it was just such a 90s thing so it felt comfortable to me honestly because it's a 90s boy bands thing because it was hair like dropping into their eyes just about like it was that <laughs> long hair don't care <laughs> yeah the more it covered their face the more you knew they were a bad character sketchy, <laughs> slightly sketchy but yeah i guess i did like you could tell them apart you know that ta- santa felt the need to tattoo them basically so he could tell yeah. them apart <laughs> uh, my favorite character though for the record is the fox slyly slyly the fox yeah because i like the you know slightly in, in really massive quotes like darker badder characters <laughs> <laughs> he also had like a new york accent right he did he yeah. did voice <laughs> Could be voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you credit there, Natalie, because that was a better New York accent than Julia Tom has ever done on this show. Wow. True. <laughs> true. I mean, if you told me to do it and I didn't have, like, just watched that, it probably would have been way voice, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our film opens up. So this film is narrated kind of by the sprites of the Northern Lights who fly around the North Pole and sing about the events. They're kind of like the muses in Hercules almost. That's the vibes I got. And uh, they witness the birth of Rudolph, who, of course, has the red shiny nose. And uh, when his parents, Mitzi and Blitzen, are showing him off to his uncles, who are Dasher, Comet, and one of the other reindeer the nose starts to glow. And he's mocked for it. But, unlike in the original special, his parents aren't ashamed of it, and neither is Santa. Santa actually says it's a special gift. And I appreciated that way more than how mean they were in the original Ring and Bass special. Same. Well, it, I mean, his dad isn't in love with the nose, but he's not mean like he is in... He's not mean where he literally takes some dirt and puts it on the nose and says, you're wrong and you'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was happy. That was a good change. That's like a tick in the box for this one. Point goes to this one. We also meet really early on two of the most incompetent elves we have ever dealt with on the show. Doggle and Boone. And they accidentally piss off the ice witch here by crossing her bridge and knocking over a statue. Right? They shatter some of her ice statues. Right. Why are they transporting bags of money? 
Or maybe it wasn't money. It, it was, was mail. mail. Like bags of money. Oh, it mail. Said it those looked letters. like bags of money. <laughs> <laughs> clearly multitasking when I watched this part of the movie because I thought they were like bad elves and I was like oh man we got like a heist situation going on here they're probably working for the ice queen you miss a whole money laundering subplot where Santa's like <laughs> this is all up front barely okay bags of mail that makes a lot more sense yes they completely demolished the ice garden very sad yeah. but it takes and- her off it is and she basically she does a white witch thing from narnia she goes to santa and she's like hand him over to me for punishment and of course santa refuses if you don't what's she gonna do freeze the north pole she is she like she has very possessive feelings about this ice bridge that's like the only way in or out it's like we've forgotten he has a sleigh that flies through the air <laughs> well, she yeah, understand she, why this bridge is such a big deal. Yeah, she closes the bridge, and she's like, mm-hmm. "If you ever cross it, or if anyone ever crosses it, I'm going to create a blizzard so strong you'll never be able to fly again." And deliver Which yes. I don't know why that was a threat because, like, Santa has to deal with storms all the time, right? Like, Thanks. it's not like when school closes in Indiana when there's, like, one snowflake on the <laughs> ground. Like, <laughs> he deals with it all the time. Yeah, which never made sense to me in the Rudolph story because, you know, <laughs> I assume by that point, Santa's run into every weather situation possible. Yeah, seen it all. That's right. Also, did you all think Stormella looked like Cruella? Not Cruella. Um, the Little Mermaid evil woman. Ursula? Yes! Ursula! I Ursula! totally did. Absolutely. Yes. Just like Ursula. Absolutely. Speaking of which, Melissa McCarthy looks great as Ursula in live action. Yes, she does. Yeah. You know who doesn't? The animated creatures look awful. <laughs> they just look scary. I don't want to see a realistic looking crab singing and dancing. <laughs> I'm very curious what live action Lilo and Stitch is going to be like. Well, that's a that's a rambunctious, furry, make believe creature. That doesn't have to look realistic. He has four arms that can sprout sporadically out of his body. I feel like that's going to be a real shock when you see it done in CGI on your screen. We'll say the girl that cast us her though is so adorable looking. Oh, I haven't seen any of the cast yet. She's so tiny and cute like a legit young kid (laughs) um so the movie jumps forward a year later it's rudolph's in school where he is completely bullied by all of his well not all of his peers his it's his cousin right cupid's son arrow i just got that (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if mrs cupid is named Bo. okay that'd be cute that would be would be cute that's acceptable. Um, and Arrow is like, you know, he wants to be one of Santa's reindeer. That's what they all want to be. They're called the Flyers. And I guess school is to like audition for it. And, uh, you know, like just like the original special, Rudolph is teased by everyone except his little love interest, who is not named Clarice. She's named Zoe. And mm-hmm. his teacher, Mrs. Prancer. I mean, Clarice was ruined by... Silence of the Lambs. They couldn't have kept that. <laughs> but yeah, it's Rudolph runs away from school because he's teased, and that's when he has a heart-to-heart with Santa, and Santa's like, your nose is awesome. And 
you know, my reindeer after have heart, and I think your nose is a sign of heart, essentially. You have a big heart. And again, I love the Santa. That's what Santa's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Not berating his parents, like, you should be ashamed of yourselves, like he does in the original special. <laughs> and then we jump forward in time again, years later, to the reindeer games. And what happens in these reindeer games, Natalie? Uh, Rudolph and Arrow, they're all like racing basically. And Zoe gives Rudolph her like pendant before for like good luck. And so he's racing and Arrow, I think is like playing dirty and trying to win. And so then he tells Rudolph, like Zoe only likes you because she has pity on you or something like that. And so then Rudolph gets upset and his nose shines and blinds Arrow. And then he ends up winning, but he gets disqualified for using his nose. Oh, hey, that was a dirty blow. The whole, she just pities you. Oof. Yes, mm-hmm. that was. I mean, that's like everybody's fear, right? Like that you have a friend or somebody they're just hanging out with you because they feel bad for you. And mm-hmm. I felt rude off there. And yeah, yeah you're right. He just disqual- he gets disqualified. And Zoe confronts Arrow and ends their friendship. Yeah, doesn't she say like, I don't want to be your doe friend anymore or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something real sassy. <laughs> And, and here, again, we see Blitzen in a change from Donner in the original special stand up for his son there with the referee and try to, you know, defend him a bit. But of course, as happens in a lot of these Christmas movies, Rudolph misinterprets what he's saying and he thinks Blitzen is, uh, you know, expressing shame toward him, essentially. And he decides to run away from home. Now... We don't meet a weird mountain man or a dentist mm-hmm. elf in this special. Who do we meet? Who do we meet, Julia? We meet um, Leonard, right? Leonard the polar bear, who is voiced by Bob Newhart, and I quite liked. Um, and we meet uh, Wiley. It's the fox. Slyly, the fox. That's right. It has a very Lion King feel to it as well, right? The whole leaving home for whatever reason. He didn't kill his father in this particular case, but leaving home and banding together with these guys and singing a song and life is good together and we can make this thing work, right? They were they were very Timon and Pumbaa, like even to the point where Leonard was kind of the oblivious, but kind-hearted one while Slyly was a little more cunning and hey we can get some use out of this guy right so i think we get a few songs here we get one at least probably more than one and <clears throat> rudolph just thinks this is his life now this is life akuna matata akuna matata right. uh zoe however mm. finds out rudolph ran away and runs after him so santa dispatches his two awful richard simmons voiced elves to go search for them and <laughs> bring them home um they're too late because zoe wants to stormella's bridge and stormella imprisons her and what rains happened? down holy winter yeah she rains down holy winter she causes a huge storm and uh 
to continue with their Lion King analogy, Rudolph meets the sprites who serve as a Rafiki role and kind of teach him how to use his nose here. <laughs> and um, they tell him of Zoe's capture. So Rudolph, Leonard, and Slyly go to Stormella's castle to rescue her. But <gasps> double cross. Slyly wants no part of it. He's scared of the wolves, her pet wolves. Again, very Narnia. Mm-hmm. It is very Narnia. <laughs> so Rudolph and Leonard go in alone, and what happens? They find Stormella, all right. They're captured and they're imprisoned. And Slyly has a change of heart because he sneaks in when Stormella goes to sleep and steals the key and unlocks the prison spells. Cells. Not spells. <laughs> I, like I was going to let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. wakes up and she sicks her wolves on them and they get cornered on the cliff and she threatens to freeze them. But Rudolph has a few tricks up his sleeve. What does he do here, Natalie? He blinds her with his nose, right? Yep. And then she starts to like fall down the cliff and then Rudolph actually ends up saving her. They all pull her back up. And because he saved her, he gets one wish. That's how the North Pole works. The and law what? of the North Pole. I love it. <laughs> it's the law, remember? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and what does he wish for? He wishes that she would be nice. Such a such a young thing to wish for. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like Miss America wishing for world peace. Mm. <laughs> but uh the wish takes effect and she kind of her heart melts just like jack frost in the santa claus three uh but, but just like she can't do you, the storm did you catch rudolph's comment after he makes his wish and finds out she's in fact nice he was like but you look the same mm. and i'm <laughs> like <laughs> i got problems with that I mean, it, it, go, it goes to the whole story of Rudolph, right? It's not about the outside, it's the inside. That's not how I took it. Lots of villains are portrayed in a certain way in these old classic Disney things. They are. They are. But, but she maybe is nice. He, maybe he just thought she would look warmer. She still looks very cold. Yeah, there you go. Like, just like baby Rudolph could see, like... 10 years into the future and watch the Santa Claus 3 and saw Jack Frost melt and become warm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but unlike Jack Frost, well, no, similar to Jack Frost who couldn't unfreeze Neil and Laura, Stormella can't stop her storm. So when they all go back to Santa's village, Santa can't carry out his flight this year hmm. until he sees Rudolph's glowing nose and he asks him to lead his team of flyers. And Paul McCartney's song kicks in here as Santa takes off. <laughs> and Rudolph guides Santa through the storm. And, you know, they deliver gifts, come back home. He's a hero at the end. Just like the song. He went down in history. So, I, Julie, you said earlier you prefer this one to the rank yeah, one. I think I do. Why? Is it the kindness of the other characters? What is it? I think a lot of it is the animation style, honestly. It's not good, but it is familiar. Um, 
when like Rankin Bass was not a thing that was ever familiar to me growing up. So there's probably some fake history built into this, right? Because it feels like other things I would watch in the 90s when I was a kid. Um, and then I like, I like how they've enhanced characters I hated in the original one. Like you said, Santa's really nice. This is how Santa should be. This is how Santa would be in any other situation. And while the reindeer are mean, even the ones that are mean are not as sharp edged as they were in Rankin Bass original. Aren't they, to play devil's advocate here, supposed to be mean according to the song upon which Rankin Bass they and are. this movie were based? They are, but I don't like seeing that play out in an animated <laughs> movie. <laughs> but the big one is that his parents are not total D bags in this one because I had a real problem with that in the original one. So, like, that's not okay, right? Not okay with that. Don't want to spend time watching it. So I like just some of the characterizations. Did you prefer Slyly and Leonard over Hermie and Cornelius, whatever his name was? Yukon Cornelius? No, I probably like Hermie and Yukon better. Hmm. Okay. What about you, Natalie? Do you prefer this or the Rankin Bass one? And why? Um, I think... Rankin Bass because of the music that music is just so much better and memorable and I want to sing along to it whereas this is just like oh this is a painful song when's it gonna end (laughs) (laughs) Paul McCartney aside (laughs) Paul McCartney aside yes Yeah. Let me tell you something. It's now my head canon that whenever Santa takes off for the North Pole over Christmas Eve, that's the first song he puts on his radio. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? It's a perfect song. It is, it is a perfect song. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, have you guys seen have you guys seen the meme about that song where it's like the beginning of that song sounds like a group of witches about to gather to cast a spell and then they get inter- interrupted so they should start singing simply having a wonderful Christmas oh, time. I love that meme so, so much. It's so funny. Every time I see it, it makes me laugh. It's, like, it's one of those you can just like immediately picture in your head, right? Yeah. So I'm going to pretend Tom is here and say I didn't like either movie because female reindeer have the antler. So this is biologically incorrect. Uh, uh, no, we I didn't say we didn't say that Tom is not with us tonight, obviously, because he has a daughter he needs to comfort at this moment. So a little more important. I think he would have appreciated the parents in this one more than the parents in Rankin Bass. No, but honestly, I mean, I have the nostalgia for Rankin Bass. I prefer Rankin Bass. And it's like the honest trailer said on YouTube, Rankin Bass is like Lord of the Rings on acid for kids. And (laughs) I preferred that. Like, I missed the Bumble and Hermie and Yukon. And the way their eyes moved whenever they were shocked, like, whoa. <laughs> um, and like Natalie said, the songs, I mean, not that the songs were great, but they were catchy, at least, compared to mm-hmm. this film. Better than these, for sure. To your point, though, Julia, I also did feel nostalgia for this film, just for the animation style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though, it's interesting, because this film kind of just disappeared after it was released you never see it get tv time uh 
we had to watch it online. It's not available to purchase anywhere. I would have spent $5 on Voodoo to add this to my digital collection if it was on there, but you can't even purchase it digitally anywhere. It's just disappeared. It's great last so weird. I am surprised it's really the only attempt besides Rankin Bess to do Rudolph since it's such a big Christmas story. Mm-hmm. And just knowing I mean... Hollywood nowadays, like, I'm surprised they don't go back to that well for Christmas films, like, try to do Rudolph or Frosty theatrically, like they did with The Grinch recently, you know, the animated one. I think Grinch has more meat, though. Like, there's more you can explore there than a yeah. with a glowing nose. I mean, I could see Rudolph's popped up in other Christmas things, not as the headliner. That's a, I don't know, that's a really tough sell for me for a headliner. Yeah. I got it. Frosty, though. Well, then Jason Momoa like supposed to be Frosty. They they cast him like two years ago for the live action Frosty. Whatever happened? I remember being that? horrified by that. <laughs> Never saw it happen. Thank goodness. I remember being horrified too, and then I remember all the women in the Tis podcast group saying Frosty is going to melt everyone else. Oh my gosh! gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a memory of that. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> what happened to that? I guess it just never went forward, which probably for the best. Really good. <laughs> um, would is there a Linus moment in this film? Sure. Is there? I mean, all those dingus reindeer come around, like, oh, you're actually useful and helpful, and it's obviously because of Christmas, because he literally saves Christmas. Is that a stronger Linus moment than the original, though? No. Mm-mm. You didn't ask if this was a stronger Linus moment than the original. You asked if it. I know. I kind of switched that question halfway through. But. Uh huh. <laughs> so no, the original is stronger, um, but this one still had it. Did you watch this one with any of your kids, like Jude or anyone? No, I watched it with Marty while we were laying brick. And <laughs> uh, what did Marty? He was think? like, "That sounds great," and I'm like, "It's great." <laughs> Right. And then the hate I hate Santa Claus song came up and he's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Natalie, would you show this one to your kid one day? Yeah. I feel like that scene where the flyers take off, the original flyers in like the beginning, is just so epic to me for some reason from my childhood. So I just think the reindeer looks so cool and badass that I just I want my kids to see that. <laughs> love that so much <laughs> you guys do you guys ever see the i think it's a cbs cartoon from like the 90s the life and adventures of santa claus it's another santa claus origin story it's a cartoon but the animation looks exactly the same and i'm like when i was watching this i was like whoa i wonder if like it was the same company but it wasn't huh this does not look familiar i would i would show this one to my kids though Years after Rankin Bass, though, so they have the love for the original. <laughs> You're introducing some serious bias. Heck yeah, I am. Okay, that is your right as a parent, by the way. Actually, I, so that's a question I have for you, Natalie. You said at earlier that you haven't seen the original in like years, right? Mm-hmm. You just not like kept. You guys not have cable. Do you not catch them on TV when they air every year? I mean, like this past year, I know you were super busy. But yeah. in general, 
I feel like if it's on, I'll like leave it in the background, but I haven't like actually sat down and watched it. Like I'll, I'll join it at random part and I'm like, I don't quite remember how I got here or how this story gets to this point. Cause it's been so long, but I'll like watch part of it. And then I'm like, okay, moving on. So I just need to sit down and actually watch it again. Okay. That's fair. I'm not even going to ask Julia that question. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> watch it every year. I feel like it's always on at my grandma's. It's just like in the background. I mean, Freeform plays it every... Is it this one or is it Santa Claus is coming to town? One of them every Christmas Eve the past few years. I think Santa Claus is coming to town is on a lot more than... Which is a better one, so it deserves it. It's true. So this is had a minus moment. Is it a Christmas film? Sure. Yes. <laughs> All right, so... On a scale of one to ten, what would y'all give this feature? This is our movie list, right? Yeah. It's really unfortunate for that. Theatrical <laughs> release list. I'm gonna come in at a three and a half. Um, I know I picked this movie, but probably a four. Well, I'm higher than both of you. I'm oh wow! This. I'm gonna give it a six. That's how it always works. I didn't like hate my time watching it i didn't either yeah i just don't know that i'd watch it every year (laughs) i don't know if i'd like dedicate like my whole attention though to watching it right you know what i mean yeah i do (laughs) yeah you were laying brick i was putting away laundry what were you doing anthony (laughs) working yeah i was working uh, so that gives us a 4.5. So that seems about right, right to me. That seems right. Wait, does my score count? Because Tom's not here. Yours does that count is. this week because Tom's <laughs> not here. So you are one of the rare guests who actually gets a score counted. Oh, man. So special. <laughs> uh, I do have a question, though, for you, Julia. Yeah. Do you think your disdain... Christmas of the Candles gave like half a point to this one like maybe well at least it's not that bad I can at least like this is better than that no I didn't hate Christmas with the Candles like you think I did I was just kind of like I didn't really like that it wasn't funny and I feel like I wasted my time it wasn't like better watch out where I like had a visceral reaction to the movie itself but you literally said in the episode last week that you preferred better watch out it evoked more emotion from me than Christmas with the Campbells did. At least it evoked a response. You caught me. It's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listeners, it's almost like Julie doesn't even, like, pay attention to the list or put effort into ranking things against each other. Anymore. Almost like I don't even care what the ratings are all about. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of movies, Natalie, did you end up seeing Scream 6? I have not. So I have, for some reason, been having stress nightmares where someone's trying to kill me. So I'm like, it's probably not wise for me to go watch Scream and then have even more nightmares. So once I get that under control, I plan to watch it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I I would. It's definitely the most violent of the six, I think. So definitely like, yeah. (laughs) See, okay, this is my problem with like the new director. I feel like Wes Craven's made the movies 
like comical horror. And that's why I love Scream. And I feel like now they're turning to actual horror. And I'm like, what happened to Scream? <laughs> it's still pretty funny. Okay, good. Still pretty funny. It's no terrifier. That's how Scream was marketed to me by that guy, by Anthony, was you should really see these because they're like super meta when it comes, you know, to movies itself and it knows what it is. And yeah. It, it's funny, but it's not super scary. And I enjoyed it, right? Didn't see it for years and years until Anthony was like, you should see it. I think you'd like it. Guess what? I did. See, all the same things. Not super bloody. Mm-hmm. Got a healthy amount of suspense, but it's not yeah. like that kind of scary. Yeah. I'll say I can't wait to cover Scream 3 this Halloween with y'all because that is easily the worst of the franchise. Great. Yeah, it, it has a, I mean, it's so, I have a lot to say on that film. It's, it's weird so watching bad. it in retro, it's set in Hollywood. And yeah, I mean, they had to change it all because of Columbine. Like Columbine happened right before oh. they went to production. So how it, for so the studio was like, no, you can't set this in a school. And in fact, we don't want to show you to show blood at all. And Wes Craven was like, well I'm gonna show blood. If I don't show blood, call this a different movie because it's not scream. <laughs> but, do they show blood? Yeah they do show blood. Okay. That's the one so where it's like the movie director, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, I mean, it's weird watching it now after what happened to Harvey Weinstein, because Harvey Weinstein produced that movie, and mm. it's a whole thing with a movie producer, like, oh, yeah, it's... Cringe. I can't, I'm excited to cover it. Also meet Jay and Silent Bob Cannon, because they came out in the movie as Jay and Silent Bob. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Screen 3, coming this Halloween, along with... <laughs> Casper, because we gotta get Natalie back to watch that. Mm-hmm. Well, we gotta get her back in general <laughs> because she's always a delight, but she's never always. seen Casper. I would love to come back. Casper <laughs> falls into the 90s trend where the little girl's in love with the ghost boy. Like, mm-hmm. the ending of Hocus Pocus and the ending of Casper are so similar with the little girls and mm-hmm. their ghosts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unattainable love. Unobtainable love. They just keep doing it to us in movies. I don't understand that. Also had what's his name, who's never not in anything anymore, and I love that actor. Bill Pullman. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's her dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had the biggest crush on Bill Pullman after Independence Day. Oh yeah. No, while you were sleeping. Independence Day. I still love that speech he gives in that. I did that monologue. Is that where you got your crush on Bill Pullman? Probably Casper first. <laughs> <laughs> He's my president. I can tell you that. This is our Independence Day. So good. I'm curious to see what people think of this film. So right as we were discussing this film, we did get a comment on Facebook from Brendan Lowe of Holy Backcast who commented, theatrical, it wasn't over here, he's in Australia. So this was never released theatrically in Australia. And Matt Yurick wrote, this is a blast in the past. I haven't seen this one in years. Jerry D wrote, not as good as Rinkin Bass. With you there, Jerry. Mm-hmm. And Art Kilmer has never even heard of this before. So I know, I'm that sure... surprised me. Yeah, me too. 
But I'm super, he'll love it though, because I've never heard art hate anything <laughs> or dislike anything. Anything. <laughs> so I know he'll like this one. So art, check it out. Streaming for free online. Um <laughs> where can listeners though let us know what they thought of this one? They can go to Linktree slash as the podcast to find any of our social media sites that will get you to our website, our shop, our Facebook group, which is where we definitely see the most activity um, throughout the whole year, but particularly around Christmas time, it really amps up. And you can talk to not just us there, but all of our amazing listeners, as well as a lot of other friends that have really amazing Christmas podcasts as well. Um, I think, is that where we met you, Natalie? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. great. So- Speaking of amazing listeners that you could chat with Natalie there. <laughs> and uh, hey, hey. Natalie, why don't you, you know, tell people tell people what's going on with you. Plug your book, what projects do you have in the works, you know, tell everyone a little bit what they can expect from you. Yeah, so we talked about my book a little bit, but it's called The Christmas Clue, and it's about a Christmas morning scavenger hunt, The Last Gift, and I promoted the crap out of it last year. It was super fun. Um, had lots of interviews, including on Tis the Podcast. So go check that out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still writing some here and there. I'm waiting for a short story, a Christmas story that I wrote to publish. It was supposed to publish um, in December, but apparently it's being pushed to this spring. So any day now, which is kind of a weird published date. But anyways, um, the story is called The Adventures of Phoebe's Christmas Dwarf. So I got the inspiration from a friend's episode when Phoebe talks about a broken dwarf. Anyways, um, but yeah, that should be coming out any day now and I'll be posting about it on my social media and you can follow me at Natmosphere and that's spelled N-A-T-M-O-S-F-E-A-R. That's awesome. I can't wait to read that. And <laughs> That's super exciting. Listeners, just so you know, The Christmas Clue is a fantastic children's book. Uh, Natalie was kind enough to send us all a copy last year, and I read it to my cousin's kids on Christmas Eve this past year, so oh, they loved it. So I love that. Yeah, yep. we read it as one of our advent calendar nights. And so, I, uh, it's funny because my the younger one, she's probably like four, and I, she loved it. And at the end, I was like, "I'm friends with the person who wrote that." And she didn't believe me. I was like, "No, seriously, <laughs> I'm friends with the person who wrote that." <laughs> that's adorable i love that (laughs) um so yeah listeners check that out you can get on amazon and probably anywhere you can sell books right anywhere yep Yep. (laughs) anywhere online um and if you want bonus content we have been slacking lately but we will get back in the groove soon patreon for as little as a dollar per month you can get bonus episodes there are a bunch up there already so it's not like it's lacking for content but uh, we will have new content coming soon, including a Last of Us episode, since Julia mm-hmm. finally caught up on the show. Didn't um, take me that long. No, no, it didn't, actually. It finished quite <laughs> soon. And yeah, I mean, there'll be a Hallmark Dream Book episode coming up, because that book just came out, and there's some pretty fantastic ornaments in it. They have an amazing Dwight ornament this year. They have an amazing Ted Lasso ornament this year. Oh! Ted Lasso. Yeah. Are you a Ted Lasso fan? Have you been watching the new season? Yes. Yes. I love Ted Lasso. It's such a good show. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This new season's been great. I'm so sad it's ending though. (laughs) 
I know. I'm not ready for it to end. No, me either. But also, uh, Apple, sorry, Apple TV releases like one episode a week and it drives me nuts. I'm like, I just want to binge it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, I want to let them pile up, but I'm afraid to get spoiled on social media. So it's like, I got to watch it every mm-hmm. week. But all I know is, I don't know how it's going to end, obviously, but it's still less. So it'll have a positive ending. Yes. It will. So yeah, maybe when it ends, I'll have Natalie on for Patreon <laughs> and we can discuss Ted Lasso in oh detail. Oh my gosh, there you go. Um, so yeah, check it out. Patreon, it's always fun. So next week, we are covering, we're having another guest. We are having on Ashley from the Magic of the Season podcast. And we're covering the infamous Christmas shoes. Her pick. Not ours. Just saying that right now, listeners. <laughs> um, and then the week after that, we're covering 2021's Kira Knightley vehicle, Silent Night, a, po- a post-apocalyptic Christmas film. So that should be fun. Also really fun is the fact that we only have 6,216 hours until Christmas. That's 259 days. That's 37 weeks. We're under 40, y'all. It's getting closer. That's amazing. This year's flying. It's flying by. It really is. It's kind of scary, honestly. (laughs) So do your homework, y'all. Watch. Well, I can't in good faith tell you to watch Christmas shoes, but look up information (laughs) on the Christmas shoes. Uh, (laughs) uh, And Natalie. And follow Natalie on Instagram and, you know, chat with her on Facebook because she's awesome. Natalie, thanks so much for coming on. We love having you on the show. Thanks, guys. I had a a great time. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks, Natalie. And we will definitely have you on later this year. Again, that's a promise for sure. Yay! So, So, listeners, do your homework and we'll talk to you next week. Happy Easter! Bye, y'all. The mood is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight, and that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The party's on, the feeling's here. That only comes to time of year. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time.
We're here tonight And that's enough Simply having a wonderful Christmas time We're simply having a wonderful Christmas time The mood is right The spirit's up Thank you.